0: trading episode 29
1: so many traders focus on on what to do and how much i should do but they very very few traders focus on how to do it
0: the market's going to do something your job is not to fight it the market never ever
1: runs away it's always there that personal diary of trading
0: What's up, traders? Hope your trading week's going well. This is Cam Hawkins from the Trading Up podcast. Now, sorry if my voice is a little croaky today. I've just finished a game of football, screaming my head off for ninety minutes. Uh, season started today, so really enjoyable, but very cold. We went from thirty degrees to eleven degrees. That's uh, centigrade over here in the in the space of one weekend. So winter is truly on its door on our doorstep. Now, um, today we've got Sean Lucas on the show. So, some of you will know Sean very well. I actually didn't know Sean at all, and I didn't really have a good chance to check him out before we set up the interview. I knew he had something to do with uh, APR Fund, and that was about it. So, you're going to hear some some hilarity in the show where I discover who he is and actually what he does and and how he does it. Um, It's one of these shows where there are literally so many lessons for you traders out there, so many lessons. I was sort of going man it's well a it's such a different show from every other show i've done b there are so many lessons in here so many things that really hit home for me and i'm sure they'll hit home for you guys as well um it's just one of those awesome interviews and the best thing about it is we managed to jump onto a video chat afterwards and i've got a wee video it's only a short one but it once again reveals so much it's on the YouTube channel as well so after listening to this head over there to the YouTube channel and definitely check out this video because it's simple but makes so much sense so much sense okay um right one other thing before we get into the show so uh so one thing that's really hit home for me and it's it's one of these things that I've noticed well I've known for a long time so I've known that I really struggled with moving to higher time frames. Right, I really struggled, like massively struggled. Just I could not get my. I, could, was it, could I, I couldn't. A, I, I just was lazy. Didn't want to. Didn't want to flick through the charts. Didn't want to have to try and remember what was going on on the daily or the weekly, and then try and see what that means on the on the hourly. But in the last month, I've actually started doing it, and I will tell you what oh my word, I can now see why this is what like 90% of my guests talk about and say it's like, you know, either multi, multi-time frame analysis or, um, you know, they're, we're actually just trading on the higher time frames. I can't believe it's taking me this long. But I'm proud to say that over the last four weeks, I've basically been using the higher time frames in multi-time frame analysis every single day and it's helped me so much more so much more in fact uh one of the things i've done with one of the robots that i trade is i've i've actually added in the higher time frame analysis that i do to see to 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 pick the direction to pick the direction that that robot's going to trade and it trades quite actively i think i've mentioned it on the show before um i have been able to grow that robot account from um where it started so a fresh deposit by forty five percent in the space of three weeks. Okay, well look, it was it was risking quite high with compared to the deposit, but look, it's still it was I, I haven't looked at all the details and the stats and stuff, but like There weren't that many losing trades, okay? There weren't that many losing trades, and, and it was a little bit discretionary as well. So that's that's as part of the Robot Traders Club, which has got some changes coming up to it very soon. So guys, stay tuned for those changes that are coming up with the Robot Traders Club. I'm having to restructure things there. So you're going to find out about that in a, in a future episode or on the email list. So if you're not on that list, go and jump on to tradingnut.com and get on it. Right, before we get underway, I just want to let you know that I I haven't given you an update on how my fasting's been going. So I did talk about giving this fast a go. And I've been pretty much doing it every single week. I've done it at least one day every single week. Oh, no, sorry, it's probably actually at least two days every single week. Um, so, so I mentioned it. So like I'm actually getting up to a, probably an average of three, maybe four days or sometimes four and a half. I haven't quite done the five days in a row. But I tell you what, missing breakfast and lunch and then just having a period of eating at dinner time, it, it just makes me feel so much better. Uh, mental clarity as well, like throughout the day you actually feel a lot more, um, I suppose, aware of what's going on and, and your brain's just not getting these sugar highs and, and lows where you know, you you you're getting that sort of afternoon tiredness and all that sort of stuff so guys if you do ever want to think about it or consider doing this for intermittent fasting fasting is what it's called then i do recommend it okay uh hit me up if you've got questions about it on the email and i'll flick your reply okay guys right let's get on with this fascinating and fantastic interview with sean all right folks we've got sean lucas here from apre fund uh, on the show welcome to the show sean
1: hey cam thanks to be thank you great to be here
0: well look, it's, it's great having you on the show and look I'm so glad you've been able to clear up um, for me just in the last five seconds how you say ap apiary fund i've always called <laughs> yeah. it an apiary fund and <laughs> even before that i couldn't even I, couldn't, I didn't even know what to call it and I started googling it and stuff this was this was over a year and a half ago and I was like is it like the apiary, like birds like an Avery or i't I had no idea. <laughs> a,
1: no, so many people get it confused. It's apiary, and it's actually a, a colony of beehives. And so, uh, yeah, know, we, that's right. we use the beehive as sort of a model for managing our fund. So, in a beehive, you've got um, you know all of the bees that run out. They find nectar. They bring that nectar back into the hive, and the hive then supports the bees through you know the dry season. And uh, the bees sort of support the hive. And so that's kind of how, that's the model that we've built our fund around is, you know, I've got a bunch of traders scattered throughout the world. They find different opportunities in the market. They make a little bit of money. That money comes back into the fund. And then, of course, they get a share of the profits uh, that they make. So
0: yeah it's kind of
1: neat analogies you know
0: yeah brilliant (laughs) well look i mean one of my listeners recommended i get you on the show um said you're one of the head traders over there and basically was very impressed with what you do so i want to i want to get your full story today and and help the guys that are listening to get get a view of not just you but but some something that can help them as well so do you want to start off by giving us your your background how did you get started into trading and, and your journey to to where you are now
1: yeah, well, getting into trading, you know, that takes us back a few years. <laughs> um, I was just fresh out of high school and had an opportunity to head over to Europe and spend a few years over there in in Hungary. And this was uh, back during the um early 90s, so that, you know, the whole Russian socialist bloc kind of crumbled crumbled away and and I was there during that that time period and you know that Hungary was suffering from a period of you know hyperinflation, so you know everybody was concerned about you know inflation rates and 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 currency conversion, and you know how are they going to pay for their the how are they going to pay the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker? So, you know, I was lucky during the time because you know my money was coming in from the United States, and so you know I always got a pretty good conversion rate. But I'll never forget. You know, walking down the street one day, and <clears throat> there was a there was a, a like a nice Mercedes Benz parked out the ba- outside the bank. And uh, as I got a little closer to the Mercedes Benz, I noticed there's a there's a fellow inside there. And now I'm starting to you know get a little suspect and get a little closer and a little closer. And all of a sudden, the window rolls down and this head pops out and he's like, "Hey, America, which means like, "Come here, come here." <laughs> He starts pointing at me and he's like, "Dollar, dollar!" And I was like, "Oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting robbed outside <laughs> the bank." <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, I pulled out my dollars and handed it to him, and you know, that's the moment where things go from bad to worse. You know, he like reaches over into the glove compartment, and I'm thinking, "Oh no, <laughs> there's nothing good in a, go- in a glove in the glove compartment." <laughs> and anyway. Uh, He brought out just this nice big wad of Hungarian cash and handed it to me, you know, and he's like, anytime you need to change your dollars, come visit me. (laughs) So for a young kid in a foreign country, you know, he handed me this wad of cash and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. The bank was only giving like half that much and, and it just opened my eyes to this whole new world of like currency exchange and what happens, you know you know, what moves, moves currencies. And before that I had never even considered the idea that, that currencies had anything other than what the stated value was, you know? And so anyway, that's, that, that, that had had got me started down a course of, uh, you know, studying and, uh you know got a degree in economics and you know spent my time with Charles Schwab back in the 90s which was a fantastic place to to kind of grow up in this industry um so yeah that's that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what got me into it
0: and we, and when you were at Charles Schwab i mean we, was that working on the trading floor there or with traders or just at the bank just you know doing doing banky stuff
1: yeah, primarily, you know, in the beginning, it was just working on the trading floor. So, you know, you'd get the calls to to uh, buy or sell so many shares of X Y Z company, and you'd, you'd you'd plug those those trades into the uh, into the system, and you know, send them off. So, nothing real big, nothing real important, but you know, you get a you get a real sense of what's happening <laughs> when you're when you're working the the desk like that.
0: So. And, and how did your sort of journey go from there to the, your education? I mean, what what did you look to? I suppose what did you look to get educated on? Because there is so much you can you can choose, pick and choose from. And then what did you land on, and, and who did you use?
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting journey. You know, back in the '90s, you know, investing, really the concept of trading, really hadn't really crossed my mind at that point. Um, but investing was, and, and, you know, all you really had to do back in the nineties was find a good, a good, uh, popular stock and, uh, put your money in it and let it run. And, and, uh, and so, you know, that's how, that's how I kind of got started building my own, my, my own assets. And, um, you know, pretty soon, you know, your friends, family start asking you questions and, you know, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And and i got i got to the point where i was uh you know really just i was being asked to come and talk here and speak there and share my thoughts on this and that and and it just kind of evolved into this point where you know pretty soon i was like you know what i think i'll i'll head out of the uh the retail brokerage industry and and uh move more into money management so so about, you know, early 2000s, I started doing some money management, and right about that same time, you know, the currency market started taking, taking root in, in the industry, and so I was right there, right involved in that, uh, those early days, you know, you know, early technical analysis, you know, Internet's just really starting to open up the doors on everything, and so, that, you know, I started focusing back in and not on the currency market back then,
0: so. And, and moving from your investing sort of approach to, in, in stocks to currencies, I mean, how did that transition? I mean, did you have to re-skill on everything? Because I've had guys on the show before that have literally had to sort of start again. And it's taken them sort of like another four years or three years or two years to, to get to the point where they were consistent going from the stock market to the forex market.
1: I, you know, I didn't really have that much of a difficulty uh, making that transition. I think uh, a lot of the style that I used in investing where, you know, you um, in my career, it was never a one-trade type setup. It was always, you know, building a position and working around the position. So, you know, as the market's moving in my favor, you know, maybe I'm taking a little bit of a position off. And then as it pulls back into cheaper prices, and as long as all the fundamentals were still good, you know, I'd be picking up a little bit, you know, and and I'd just be constantly moving and and adding and taking away around a core position, and I took that that same style and that same philosophy to the uh, to the currencies market, and and uh, it's actually been, You know, it's 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 done brilliant. It's been it's been great. The only real adapt adaptation that I've had to to really focus in on is, you know, I've kind of adjusted from more of a longer term <clears throat> holding it over a period of, of weeks and months to now, you know, I'm almost in and out within the same day. So it's like so that time frame was really the only the only adapting that I've really had to make. Oh, cool.
0: And so so what what was the what were the main things that got you that sort of original position where that you're working on? So we're you using traditional technical analysis or something a bit different or something people hadn't found out before
1: uh a lot of it a lot of it started out in in core technical analysis so i remember you know back in the in the 90s you know going around and and sharing ideas on technical analysis um i uh, got got my c m t designation so you know did all of the all the requirements to get into technical analysis and as a as a profession or as a, as a professional designation and um, you know so you know you know back in the early days it was just you know i 'd read every book that i possibly could read and and you know studied every possible uh technical analysis any material that I could possibly get my hands on and it it, it almost seems like I went clear out to the edge of what you know like the most obscure topics and technical analysis like lunar cycles or whatever you know you're like you're like wait what am I doing clear out here and then you realize you know there's this day where you realize that you know what it just all really boils down to you know simple price action and you know, boil it back down to the core. There's only two things the market can really, three, three. I guess. You can only go up or down or sideways. And, you know, <laughs> how do you read that, you know? And so pretty soon, you know, all the technical analysis kind of went out the window, and, and I just started focusing in on, on reading price action. You know, when is where is the market most likely going to reverse? Where is it most likely going to consolidate, you know, if you look at if you look at how price develops, you know, trend trending markets are really kind of they're kind of rare. If you really think about it, you know, most of the trend in a daily trend comes within, you know, three, four, five bars uh, in the currency market. So, you know, I, I really started focusing in on these non trending periods of the market, and and you know, how do I make money during those periods? You know, because that constitutes 70, 80% of the time or uh, of the price action time and and how do I make money in those times? You know, it's kind of hard to pick up the 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 three or four breakout bars in a in a day. But man, I've got all of this time where the market's just kind of moving sideways and floating in between support resistance levels and and how do I focus in on making money during those types of periods.
0: Yeah, it is. It is one interesting, isn't it? And I've I've never really thought of it like that. So that's quite a, quite a new one. That it, you're, but you're right. It's you're so right. There's like three or four bars that are, are the bars that move, and then that's your trend. The rest of it's just uh, just chop in in Asia or smaller trends within within the day. Um, so okay, cool. Well, look, let's let's dive into some of the some of the. Detail around. Oh, and actually, before we do, I want to find out um, how you got into the Apiary Fund um, as a trader there. How did that work?
1: I actually started the Apiary Fund, so I'm oh, the, founder, there you go. Of the <laughs> founder of the APRE Fund. So, um, uh, moving money, you know, making money in the currency market is really kind of a. At some point throughout your career, you get to the point where it just starts to get easy, right? And, you know, you'll you'll start to build your account and then you'll get that, that beautiful inflection point where you're starting to, like, compound your returns and, and you're starting to see your account sizes grow to levels that you're just, you know, you couldn't even fathom, you know, at some point in your life. Um, and so, you know, I started getting to a point where it was a little bit difficult to move my money around the market. You know, I was just... I, for the most part, you know, the vast majority of my count was sitting there, uh, idle. And, you know, I started thinking, man, what, I wish I could do something, you know, and i you know, I was kind of past the whole stock investing stuff. So I didn't really like to get back into that. Um, but I had an opportunity. I was called to be a, an expert witness in a lawsuit <clears throat> and, uh, my job was to analyze the trade trading performances of this trading floor. So what I would do is I'd go in and I'd look at, look through all the trade, the trade records and I would match those to the charts. And I would give the, I was, my job was to give testimony on what kind of system this firm was using to place trades. They were getting sued by another, another firm. Ah. And, uh, as I, when this was a, it it was a Chinese firm. And so, you know, I had a chance to fly out to China and spend, you know, several weeks on this trading floor. And, and I was really fascinated with what I saw, because what this, this Chinese firm was doing is they were bringing in, you know, US traders, uh, trade firms, uh, system people, you know, like, like, I've got this algorithmic trading or this trading strategy and it. And and they would come over to this Chinese firm and they would teach the Chinese how to do it. They would bring in like all of these young Chinese traders that really didn't even know what they, what the stock market or the currency market was. And, uh, and they would teach these traders how to trade those systems. And so they had like, they were trading like 20 different systems at this firm anyway i was really kind of impressed with the model you know what that they were using it uh, they were you know basically bringing in all these traders teaching them showing them how it all worked and giving them a chance to trade on their floor so they'd bring in train a, a group of say 50 traders uh just young chinese guys going to school or whatever and uh you know at the end of a three-month period, a six—you know—in a six-month period, they would whittle that down to just a core group of like four or five traders that would stick around, and they were, their job was to trade that system. They didn't care about them trading any other system, just that simple system. So that just really kind of, you know, rested on my mind. You know, here I've got a, a an account that's just, you know, for the most part, you know, eighty. 70, 80% of my account is just sitting there dormant most of the time. You know, what if what if I were to go out and show people what I do and, and show them how to make money in the currency market? You know, then I could give them a little portion of my account, they could trade it and we'd split the profits. And that's kind of the kind of the backstory to the whole apiary fund concept. You know it's nothing new. the whole idea of a proprietary trading floor has been around for years and years but but this was a little different in that you know we were really focusing in on you know uh non non industry people non industry yeah. traders so
0: cool well so that, uh, that's that's um I should have actually done my background research and found out that you were the founder of the apiary fund I I I do actually I mean I've heard that doing good podcasts go and research your your guest and and you know find out as much as you can but I I just tend to prefer it the other way where I just get the (laughs) guests on I have no idea who they are and find out everything because I'm sure there's other people out there who've got no idea um, who you are and what you do so um, so I'm sorry about like probably even labeling you as head trader at the APRE fund and in fact you're the founder. Oh
1: no 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 that's the that's the title I prefer. <laughs> oh good
0: good good. Well look um let, let's dive into some of the detail here around your trading style at the moment. Um I mean you talked about intraday, you talked about um you move from high time frames to 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 more lower time frame intraday stuff. Um, do you want to give us some stats around that? Like, you know, how long do you hold trades for? Typically, what are your winning percentages? Um, where would you hold a stop loss? Um, number of trades you're managing? Currency pairs? There's a whole bunch of things. I'll, I'll pull you up on if you if you miss any out. So yeah, just just have a buzz.
1: You bet. I'd be I'd be happy to go into it. Um, so looking back um, in the it was probably two thousand four two thousand five time frame I was working with a uh, with a a brilliant programmer, a guy that would you know was able to get in and, and start to analyze market data in, in at unreal levels by today's standard, probably not so unreal, but back then it was really really fantastic uh, information that he was digging into and and we kind of you know the concept of the ATR. Right. Yeah. You, the ATR gives you this, you know, this idea of what the candle size, the magnitude of each candle ought to be. Um, well, we started looking at an ATR only in the cycles of the market. So the, the distances between pivot points. So the market pivots into an upward cycle or an upward leg of a cycle. Then it pivots into a downward leg of a cycle. And so I started doing, you know, these, these calculations off of these cycles in the market, and the, the price cycle, we call it the price cycle or the time cycle. How, how far does it typically move? And how long does it take to move in an up leg of a cycle and in the down leg of a cycle? And so I realized, you know, after starting to study that, that very, almost all of my trades were mismatched, in my expectation. So what that means is, you know, I might be trading in a market with a with an 8 pip cycle, an 8 pip up, you know, whatever down, but I'm trading the long side of it and it's got an 8 pip cycle. Well, I may be pushing for a nine pip or a 10 pip game mm. or a 12 pip game or something like that. And so you can see that my, my target was mismatched from what the, the reality of the market would be able to give me. Now, occasionally it would go that extra little bit and, and get, you, get you targeted out, um, which was great. That was just enough to keep you in the game. Right. But not enough to be real consistent. <clears throat> and so um back in 2004 2005 i started readjusting a little bit about how i trade and i set a rule uh in my trading that i'd only that i would only target one third of that price cycle and so whatever my whatever my price cycle calculation was i'd only i'd only shoot for one third of that and it really it really dropped you know my my average income on a, on a trade down, yeah. but, but it just skyrocketed my performance. Like my, my success rate just went through the roof in doing that. So, um, but that simple adjustment um, turned, you know, that turned the corner in my trading and, and, and allowed me to start really getting super consistent in, in how I trade. So that's, that's really one the core, one of the core, um, tenants that I've, you know, that I've based a lot of my trading on. If you're not consistent or if you're not in line with what the market is willing to give you, then ultimately you'll fail as a trader every time, you know, over the long run. Um, but as long as you 're matching as long as you 're in sync with the with the both the time it takes the market to give you and the uh, magnitude of the mar- the magnitude of the move the market's going to give you then then you're you 're very well balanced and you can you can perform some really great things in the market
0: does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense yeah look uh, i mean I, I can sort of relate it back to to me and the past week. Where I, you know, got everything else right apart from holding on to it for too long, and it never reached where I thought it was going to go, and I mean, that happened a few times. Whereas the week before it was completely different. So, um, so I know exactly what you mean. And my question is, do you still use one third, or have you changed that parameter over times?
1: No, I I still use that rule. That's been a rule that's been consistent for for the last, you know, almost. Ever since about two thousand and five um, um, and then also the whole idea of the time cycle is important too because you're you know it's not so much and every trader experiences this where you go through you get into a trade and you've got the expectation but but very very rarely do we look at you know it should happen in this time frame and and that's an important consideration because a lot of traders will get into a trade and they'll be holding that through one cycle, two cycles, three cycles, four cycles, you know, and, and eventually the market comes back and, and hits their targets and they give themselves a pat on the back, you know. But meanwhile, meanwhile, they've missed out on, you know, six cycles of the market for income. And that's and that's a problem that I see a lot of new traders, especially you know they they tend to get in they've got a good setup but then they hold it through the entire cycle and then the market moves against them and then they've got you know another cycle and 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 and, and so forth until that market comes back and and finally hits their Hits their targets,
0: or hits their stop if they if Before they yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they move to to break even and it's like uh, which is what happens happened to me it happens like <laughs> now and now and again that is one of the things that sort of trips me up but I, I actually I really do appreciate what you've just said there because I think that for me is a key bit of information that I need to th- really sort of start thinking about how I am, implement that to what I'm doing now. Um, Now, so uh, do you want to give us the the sort of number of positions that you'd be holding at any one time during the week?
1: Um, So, positions are this is another way that I look, this is another area that I look at the market differently uh, than a lot of different traders. Um, So, let's say you have a setup or a strategy, and that strategy says that if this happens in the market, then you do this, right? A strategy is really designed to tell you what to do in the market. Um, and, and then in, and part of that strategy is designed ought to be designed to tell you how much risk to take in that market or in that setup, right? So a good strategy will tell you both what to do and how much. There's a concept that is not talked about in the industry, and that's called technique. Um, and I'm really big on this because, you know, a strategy, so many traders focus on, on what to do and how much I should do, but they, very, very few traders focus on how to do it. And so I'll use, I'll use strategies, any number of strategies in my trading session um, that will tell me when to do something and how much I should put in the trade, you know, based on risk and all of the, all of the parameters of that strategy. But that's where I that's where I end, and my technique starts to take over. And i it's a, te, a it's a completely ridiculous term that I use here, but it's called wobbling. And uh, and what I'll do is I'll take that core position that I should be allocating to this strategy, and I'll divide it into just tiny, tiny pieces. And I'll start to throw those those trades in around that around that position. So this is going back to my old investing days where I trade around a core position. So my, my strategy will say, buy, let's say 10 lots of Euro and instead of buying 10 lots right there on the spot, what I'll do is I'll start to layer in because very rarely do I ever get the first, the first trade, right? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you feel me there? Yeah, I know a lot of people's. A lot of people feel that way. That they they're like, oh, man, they get into the trade and they're like, oh man, I could have done better. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly.
0: What's that trade better? Actually, I had a guy on the show a few weeks ago who had. Uh, he called them bullets. He'd have like a number of different bullets for one particular trade, and oh, yeah, I mean yeah. it's just a name for a trade, right? was a bullet, <laughs> it's like you know I might have six yeah. bullets on, and they're all sort of positions scattered around that you know particular entry point and some of them are better than others if it goes against them then he's he's got higher and then if it all goes completely pear shaped then he had some sort of funny uh, way that he would try and rectify it by hedging and all that sort of stuff but yeah sorry carry on so um wobbling
1: so, yeah so similar concept you know it'll instead of bullets i call them layers so you're big you're building in so in a in a Traditional setup, say a, a three-bar reversal pattern or some kind of a reversal pattern. Um, if you look at that pattern on one time frame, and then you go to a different time frame, you're going to see that pattern uh, differently, and your your trigger points on different time frames for a similar pattern will be different on those different time frames. Even on a, um, you may get the reversal signal on the on a on a hundred tick chart. Before you get it on a five-minute chart, you may get it on a – and so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll start to layer in to these trades at these different trigger points on different timeframes. And so what, what that's doing is it's, it's basically I'll start out into small, build a position. you know, If the market makes moves, I'll start to take layers off, and then as it pulls back, I'll add layers on, and so all the while I'm kind of scalping in and out of the market while all the while that initial setup is starting to form on on the on whatever time frame chart I'm I'm getting the signal on. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, it does. It does. Okay. So say for example on the if the setup's on the daily chart and you're you've got your main sort of position there and you're just taking minor positions on lower time frames and you're taking off profits when you get profits um, and you know adding more and taking off positions until it makes that sort of I suppose thrust in the right direction and in exactly. which case then, then you're now looking at the next cycle
1: yeah and then hopefully you're catching that three to four bar you know that that three to four bar trend move that you're that you're looking for yeah. so oftentimes you know I'll find that I'm I've made m- I'll make more money in the build up to that that breakout, right? During the breakout, right. So, you just scalp them in and out, taking profits, and sometimes you know, readjusting position. But all through that, all through that build up phase, and then when that thing triggers, then you know, then that's where you know the big the gravy train is, you know, and and, and that's where you know that's. You know, you get one of those a day, and you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm good. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> don't,
1: need to, don't need to do much more than this." Essentially, <laughs> it's, it's
0: funny because I've I've, re- I've I have actually been doing that in the last couple of weeks. I just it was something I thought about trying after after um, another listener recommended it to me. He said, "Why don't you do this?" Um, whereby actually I've got a robot that it, it's it's a bit of a machine gun sort of in terms of it placing trades. But, um, and so if you just let it run on its own, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's got quite a big profit target and it sometimes will go, go to that profit target, but then it might set up, um, it might sort of trigger off, say, it could trigger off five or 10 positions around about the same um, level, which would be the entry point. And then if your account's not big enough or it all goes against you, you sort of, you, you tank. But what I've been doing in the last couple of weeks is sort of picking, picking a direction and going, okay, well, the direction is, is a sell if I can see that. I'll have to manually go in and, you know, work that out myself. Um, but then when it, and I've limited the number of positions it can take. So, um, well, actually not the number, but I've limited where they sort of lie. I've said I want either, I think I said this week it was three, three pips between each position so Uh at least if it's going to give you a second entry it's not going to be the same level as the current one it's going to be at least three pips either side of it so that's sort of your layering and then what i do is i get an alert when the trade triggers and then i'll go and check it an hour later see where we're at and then if we've got some profit i'll take some off i might even take some some ones that are just at break even off if there are ones that are running into good profit and it's working i mean I've, i've the yeah. first week I did 20%, the second week I did uh, about, uh, about 15%. So it's, yeah, I'm glad that you've said that because it, it does ring bells yeah, on no, me. no, that's
1: exactly the concept. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly the concept, so.
0: Cool. Rightio, look, um, I, I know we're going to run out of time in this interview because this stuff is brilliant and um, <laughs> we're already halfway through, so. <laughs>
1: time flies. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I, can you just give me a quick list of the instruments that you trade or you focus on?
1: Yeah, again, I, I think I've, i I'm probably different than a lot of the traders that you interview because, you know, I've, I've come to the point where, you know, 98% of my trades are done all on the Euro, Euro USD. So, you know, I don't even, I don't, I don't even scan through the rest of the markets anymore. You know, most of the, most of my focus, it's, it's come, you know, you get good at at one thing and, and why change that up? You know, why, why try and figure out the price cycles on another pair when you've got, you're, you're in tune, you're in rhythm with the, with the Euro. So, um, you know, very rarely will I trade outside that Euro USD uh, currency pair. And then I'll, but, but, of course, I'll be looking at all the time frames on that and, and making sure that I know where all those those trigger points are and and uh, building into those positions. Cool. So,
0: well, it's easy. Easy, one thing. Um, right. So so what, what about your typical trading day? What does that look like?
1: Um, and, again, I'm probably different than most. But, you know, I'll trade I'll, my, my personal account. I'll just wake up, um, you know, market. Uh, all your news events come out about 6:30 a.m. my time, so you know I'm looking. I'm waking up about 5:30, just kind of looking 5:30 a.m. looking at the markets. Uh, you know, maybe maybe building a few positions prior to those news events. Those news events fire off and and uh, typically get give a good uh, you know a couple of those good breakout uh, opportunities and. And uh, usually done by about 7.30 in the morning. And then I roll into the office and, and uh, trade with our traders after that. So,
0: <laughs> Cool. Well, so if, if there was one thing you'd recommend, uh, sorry, no, if, if, you had to, if you had to recommend three things on a price chart, what would you recommend somebody goes away and starts educating themselves on?
1: Well, again, for me, it was this understanding of getting in into a rhythm of of the market. Um, like I was saying earlier, you know, most of the most of your price move happens within you know two to three bars on a on a on a uh, two to three bars on a on a five minute chart. You know, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. So the rest of the time, you're really kind of stuck in this just nice, easy flow, you know, where the markets will maybe get into a trending, you know, up, up, one cycle, down, half a cycle, up, two cycles, down, one cycle, and but regardless, there, it's always moving up and down, and what, if you can get a feel for what that what that those price cycles are in the movement, you know. It, you'd be amazed. I mean, you go back and you draw, you draw a bunch of lines from pivot low to pivot high. You take all those lines and you and you put them, you stack them up all next to each other. So you, you've got you know, maybe 20 different lines all stacked up, and you can see, you'll literally be able to see the price cycle based on those lines between your pivot lows and your pivot highs. And as long as you're tuning yourself to those to those price cycles, you put yourself in what I call the realm of possibility. Uh, if you're expecting anything more than that, you're outside the realm of possibility, you may get it, you may not get it. But as long as you're 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 tuned to those price cycles, things things will generally work out for you in the long run. So that's the first thing is really understanding, getting a feel for what what the market is willing to give you. Uh, the second thing I think is understanding this concept of of the market moves in phases it's It's almost like an a b a b a B pattern where it moves from an expansionary phase to a consolidation phase and and most a lot of a lot of new traders especially they'll see the expansionary phase get up all excited, jump into the trade you know, in the latter end of an expansionary phase. And meanwhile, the market's preparing to move into consolidation. And and what I've tried to do is, is do a phase shift in my trading so that rather than getting into the market during the expansionary phases or even when that expansionary phase triggers, what I try to do is get into the market during the consolidation phase. So the part <laughs> the part nobody loves in the market, mm. that's where I'm starting to build my, my positions. You know, when everybody else is like, ah, oh, this is the worst market ever, I do not. I hate it when it does this. I'm like getting excited because I know that if I can build the right position during this phase, that there's an expansion phase that is coming up next. Maybe I have to wait. Five minutes maybe I have to wait 15 minutes maybe an hour you know whatever it is but I know that that expansionary phase is coming and I know if I prepare now that I'll be able to catch that for the most part that expansionary phase so realizing that you know that when to be in and when not to be in and following the crowd you know puts you in at the end of the expansions which is just the wrong time
0: <laughs> yeah and it's, it's so true it's so true and i'm actually going to take heed of that as well because <laughs> it's <that's> more good <laughs> advice that i need to listen to more often um and it, did you have a third thing so your phases cycles no um, if you don't it doesn't matter because these two are brilliant no. i think that's enough for anyone <laughs> to sort of get their get uh get their teeth into um just quickly before we move into the quickfire round i want to get your view on cryptocurrency trading did you Bitcoin. Where do you think it's going to go? Have you traded cryptos before? What are you What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I have definitely looked at them. Definitely starting to to build positions in them um, because I don't know. I don't have a real good sense of the uh, of the market structure in the cryptocurrency world. So uh, you think of it like this: if you've got in the currencies market, you've got an enormous amount of people trading it, right? A lot of decision makers, and so you can kind of you can kind of uh, you can kind of have some assurance in the law of large numbers. You know, the the masses will tend to perform a certain way. Um, in the crypto world, we don't have that that mass quantity of traders yet, and so a lot of the patterns that we see that are forming are a little erratic at this at this phase. And so, you know, getting a real solid, consistent performance out of the crypto market is, is uh, it, it's, it's developing. It's in its early development stages. And so uh, when I don't have that, that good sense of what is the price and time cycles of the, of the market that I'm trading, then I tend to scale out. And so right now what I'm doing in the crypto market is just building longer term positions, you know, taking an opportunity to take off take off a little bit as the market's moving in my favor um, add to those positions as the market is pulling back and 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 the more that I do that over the coming years as more and more participants file into this market I think that the market's gonna get just get a little bit better and better and better with time like a good like a good wine uh, yeah
0: and so what what's your preferred uh, symbol what are you trading Bitcoin or uh, ripple? Etc.
1: Yeah, uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin primarily. Again, I, I tend to focus on the on the markets with the biggest participants. So.
0: And do you have any view on like what might be that price where it starts to, to rise again at this current point in time?
1: Well, clearly, right now we we've we we've, we've set up you know on the on the longer term charts on on crypto on, in on the Bitcoin you know, we're in that sideways consolidation phase. And so, you know, you're going to get a, you know, you're going to get a breakout, you know, at some point in the near future. When I say near future, it could be six months. It could be, you know, one month. It could be whenever, but, you know, we have been stuck in this sideways range for, you know, several, several months now. Um, it's a thousand a dollar range basically. And so, you know, I've been taking profits on inside that range, uh, all the while, I'm building up this position. Now, if it breaks to the downside, I'm caught in a long position. You know, I may I may liquidate that and then start to build in on the next consolidation phase. Or, you know, if it breaks to the upside, then I may then I may max out my position size in this and, and take advantage of the expansionary phase. So, but but regardless, you know, that's what I'm looking for is the next breakout of that from this consolidation.
0: Cool, cool cool Rodio. well let's get into this quick fire round and uh and find out the little details around what it takes to become successful so how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable
1: oh the better part of my career <laughs> i think it's uh uh you go i i think everybody goes through phases there where you train really good and then you're like what am i doing here um but I remember the first several years of my life, of my trading career. You know, it was it was give or take that way. But but definitely, uh, you know, there's there's a threshold, an inflection point that I crossed. You know, probably around that 2004 2005 mark where trading just became easy. Right. You know, it it just became easy, and that that was probably my career started back in '96. So that's roughly 10 years, eight years, nine years.
0: It's about average. Um, What's your mental approach to trading? And do you have any special techniques you can share with us?
1: My mental approach is just keep it, keep it chill. You know, I I, like, I've got an Instagram, an Instagram page or a hashtag that I, I post. I'll trade anywhere and everywhere. As long as I can get a, a, a cell phone connection or a data connection you know, I'll be trading at my daughter's soccer games. I'll be trading out on the fishing boat. You know? <laughs> I'll be trading anywhere and everywhere. Just because you know, tra- I don't want trading to become a job. I just want it to be fun, and I want to be able to make money. So I've got, I've got this picture on there where I am at. My wife drugged me to this uh, this Broadway play. I hate Broadway plays. My wife drugged me to this Broadway play. I pulled out my laptop, and I'm sitting there trading. <laughs> Broadway
0: play. <laughs> cool. Okay. What's your what's your favorite entry setup?
1: Uh favorite setup is uh probably the breakout of the consolidation. <laughs> so some sort of a breakout of a consolidation phase. I I will I live for that trade, and and then the the follow up to that is like the first retracement of that breakout. I love 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 that first retracement. So you get the breakout, it pulls back, and then
0: I'm loading back in. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Uh, th-
1: go back to that price cycle concept. Everything is if you looked at my you could set a you could set a Swiss clock into the take profits on my account because they're all exactly the same you know within a few fractions of a pip so it's all based on that price cycle whatever that price cycle is one third of that
0: what's your recommended trading book oh
1: you know it's been so long since i've
0: (laughs) does anyone read books anymore
1: (laughs) i just i haven't i have not for i gotta be honest i haven't for years (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer that one. Um, if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Uh,
1: the best, uh, probably the best use of their time is is starting to, starting to recognize that consolidation and expansion cycle. It, it's there. Um, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, but you can really, if you can really... grasp that concept I know it's basic I know it's so basic but sometimes the most basic things are the things most overlooked Um, but but really focusing in on when is the market in that consolidation phase and when is it in that expansion phase the expansion phase has happened so I mean the opportunities in the expansion phases are so rare most of the time it's in that consolidation and so being there at the right place,
0: at the right time, is so key. What's your preferred broker and trading platform?
1: Um, brokers, I think I use uh, Interactive Brokers for most most of my personal trades. Of course, I've got my own uh, trading platform that we that we use at the Apiary Fund, and so but that's all proprietary, not retail.
0: What's the worst trade you've ever had?
1: uh the most <laughs> uh, as back in the 90s you know when you when i thought i was a great trader because everything was going up <laughs> uh and and then the market turned and i lost so uh, oh, just a, i'll never forget i just lost the entire account got a margin call had to go home tell my
0: wife if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be Oh, just keep at it,
1: oh man, There is nothing better in this world than learning this art this skill um, it's so liberating you know you can um, you can do a lot of things in life, a lot of good things in life, you know build your career, do whatever but but focus, spend some time learning how to make this work because it's it's, it's freedom you know it's it's what gives you the opportunity to do the things that you really enjoy in life you know not just your it gives you a chance to really pursue your passions and and the things you enjoy nice right just (laughs) learn it stick at it stick at it guys yeah just keep keep focusing on it
0: so, last question of the show is that we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy: entry setup, stop loss, take profit, targets, market time frame. Basically, something our listeners can have a bit of a play with at home this week. What have you got for us there?
1: I think uh, probably the consolidation breakout trade is probably. Let's say you're looking at a one minute chart. I always trade with two charts, so I got a five minute and one minute. Um. The market, let's say the market has moved an, an entire price cycle on the five-minute chart, meaning it's moved from a pivot low. You're expecting a pivot high to come in, and then what you see on the is on the one-minute chart is the exhaustion, the exhaustion play. You know that last gas move, and then the market kind of moves into a consolidation where you've got the apex bar on the one-minute chart. Mark, you've got several bars. Uh, inside bars off that apex bar that's golden so you know basically you 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 put your your chart your, your triggers uh, around that apex bar looking for a reversal or looking for a continuation trade you know whatever your whatever your your price structure is on the five minute chart um, once the market crosses through that uh, trigger bar you should get into trades and then you look for you know, you look for that that one third of your price cycle as your target. I, I know it sounds really simple, and and uh, um, but there's a lot that goes into in, into really becoming an expert in in how to capture those 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 type of moves. But you know that's that's the bread and butter right there.
0: Superb. Well, I drew that up on my on my pad here, and I I understand what you're saying. I can see it. Um, Maybe we can just get on a, on a quick video call after this and, and show the guys what it looks like. Now, yeah. last question. Before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you?
1: Oh, just go to, um, either, uh, go to either traderonthestreet.com or apryfund.com and uh, um, just send us an email or you can check out our Facebook page, apiaryfund.com, Apiary Fund Facebook. you know, get a hold of us through there. Um, those are probably the best
0: ways. Superb. Well, look, a big thank you to Sean for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes to find them. Simply search for Sean, and it's uh, S-H-A... W-N, in. yeah, on the search <laughs> in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there you have it, guys. Sean Lucas interview done. And what a fantastic interview it was. Now, look, we've got some mandatory viewing. I'm, and I'm saying this is mandatory. If you don't go and do this, you are missing out. So if you're on your phone, if you're listening to this uh, driving or commuting or whatever you're doing, then uh, what's the best way to do it? Look, I'll, p- I'll put a link to the YouTube channel in the show notes. There'll be a link to his show notes page in the show notes as well, the description. Um, so what you need to do is just click on that, head over to tradingnut.com or head over to the YouTube channel and check out the video he did after the show. It really does put everything that we talked about into perspective and you'll be you'll be blown away. You'll be blown away how simple what he's come up with is and how you guys could actually replicate it as well it's as simple as that right whilst you're there do subscribe to that youtube channel and do leave a review not on the youtube channel because i don't really do reviews but leave a review on the podcast app that you're on i really would like to see a few more reviews coming in i i know that i hardly ever ask and I, i should ask more but please guys if you send me a good review i'll read it out on the show and if you've got a bad review then well Look, leave it anyway. I just want to hear what I need to change and what I need to do differently. Um, so, guys, uh, last couple of things. One, higher time frames, please. This is the lesson that I've taken, and this seems to be working. Um, remember that. And my football match today, we're three-one down at half time. What did we end up? We actually won the game 5-3. How, how did that happen? I've got no idea. I played very little part in it by missing three goal, golden opportunities to score a goal. Um, right, guys, we've got the next episode coming up soon, and it is a doozy, so you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed. Um, you don't want to miss this one. Trust me. All right, folks, until next time, catch you later.